That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, it's getting closer every day. Christmas is coming. Advent Can 3, Gaudete, pink candles for all you Anglo Catholics. Our candles are all the same color at St. Albans, but I will say. It- that's is how this you inherited today we're like, like pink vestments too? Exactly. I'm a low church guy. I don't quite know all those rules. I know. We'll be keeping the sarum blue rocking in St. Albans, Waco. Good. Well, how are you doing today, Aaron? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Cold rainy day in Waco. It feels very Adventy, actually. Mm. And uh, But in the midst of all that, I do, I, you know, Advent's that time where it's light and dark together so there's lots of challenges in ministry but lots of good things too so i'm i'm doing all right thank you for asking jake i feel good i feel seen i feel heard yeah what about you any updates for our listeners uh from like two minutes ago yeah no okay still still no i'm just kidding no just hanging in there you know just um yeah not, not a whole, you know, I'm just kind of speechless. I'm ready to drop a few episodes and, uh, and, um, yeah, today, I mean, actually we're recording the week before Thanksgiving and like basically, um, uh, everybody's gone. We're working on a boiler and, uh, you know, all the exciting stuff that, you know, you really, you know, like when I, when I received my call from the Lord, you know, I just was like, Lord, I want to deal with church boilers and, uh, really want to handle roofs and, uh, all of the exciting things, you know, for your glory, Lord. And so anyway, that's, um, you know, a lot of people don't know that's part of the job. Huge part. So lay people who are listening, pray for your clergy and for their facilities as we come up on the Christmas holiday because there'll be a flood of people coming through the church buildings on these holy days. So pray specifically for the HVAC system. Pray Mm. specifically for functioning plumbing. Pray That's specifically right. for the health of all the staff that no one goes out and, sick, and for and, uh, uh, generous yeah. and generous people to come through the doors. Hallelujah! Yes, you know? and yeah. so to help cover kind of the spread, you know, we put our best foot forward. We get extra candles, Christmas trees. God knows, those aren't getting any cheaper. And uh, you yeah, know, for and real. So, uh, Do you like your I mean, candlelight you, service? Yeah, that's right. What 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 did you say? You said uh, that you know being a clergy person. It's oftentimes a very difficult job in the sense that you're like, um, you know, CEO, chief fundraiser or development officer, you're the local theologian. Yeah, it's, it's like three full-time jobs. You're like director, you're executive director of a nonprofit, you're the chief preacher and teacher, and you're like a, um, a birth through death, like a spiritual guide, like you're a pastor to people mm-hmm. at all of life's crucial moments. And so each mm-hmm. one of those things I always feel like could be could be a full-time job and sort of is and we're, we're doing all three at the same time all equally well all at a hundred percent a plus in every category you and me right jake that's right everything's balanced balanced <laughs> so i'm balanced well speaking of balance let's or give... my favorite thing is is when people say they're processing something that means that they you know 
things aren't well or fine, <laughs> feelings inside not expressed. And so, but, uh, um, but yeah, but we have a great episode for everybody. And now that we've had a little confession and gotten some things off yeah. our chest, we're looking at Isaiah 35, verses 1 through 10. Then uh, we make our way to James, chapter 5, verses 7 through 10. I wonder what he has to say to the season of Advent. Mm. And then uh, Matthew, chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. And so, um, wow, this is a very powerful passage from Isaiah, um, uh, uh, Aaron. And uh, anything you wanna, you'd want to touch on or say about it? Yeah, absolutely. It's this whole theme of uh, a new thing happening, and from a uh, from dry, desperate, lost, forlorn, forsaken desert wastelands, something new and good happens. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's this description of moving from uh, a place of darkness to a place of light. Um, the one translation that I I'm not a huge fan of in this, where it says in verse seven. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp, which sounds like one terrible thing will become another terrible thing. But really what it means is like this kind of, if you think about jackals, think about, just think about Scar and his, in The Lion King, the evil older brother and all his like hyenas that hung out with him mm. and how there were all these bones and just, it was a kind of sad, desperate, very emo kind of wilderness situation with the lions and the hyenas. And think about that as being the haunt of jackals, and then it shall become a swamp, meaning a place with lots of water. Like, think, think, it'd be better to translate that like a wetlands, teeming yeah. with life. Um, An oasis. Yes, that's what it means. It was a very bad translation, because mm-hmm. what do we do with swamps, as we've learned in the American political process? We drain swamps, like, you know, it's a mm. bad thing. Drain the swamp. So, um, anyways, but what this, it just says, waters will break forth in the wilderness, streams in the desert. And this, to me, again, is what, the message of the gospel is about, what the coming of Jesus Christ is about, because um, so much of the world thinks that people are basically good and need a little help, and thinks that the hu- to be a human and to be alive is just, yeah, there's some challenges here and there, there's some tough times, but if you persevere, if you keep going, if you kind of pull yourself by your bootstraps, or not your bootstraps, but maybe your little your little uh, Velcro sandal strap, or just your little shoelaces, you pull them, or maybe you have slip-on Allbirds, you know, just, it's, it's just a little help, just a little help, you just, just pull your shoes on, and you'll be all right, and uh, this is not what life is like, life is like, uh, at least when the chips are down, often people will hit a situation where there's, it's not a situation you can fix, and you don't need help, you need resurrection. Um, and that's what the image is here. Um, streams coming in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool. It's not a gradual thing, and it's not mm-hmm. something you could ever do on your own. It's something that's done from outside of you. And this is all this promise. This whole passage is all about that happening, like a dead thing coming alive again, and that God is up to something. And that's the message of Advent. And Advent is this time where we kind of sanctify this idea or bring into the church understanding, like talk to your people about it is okay in the Christian life to not be okay. It's not, it's okay to like not have arrived, to not have it all figured out, to have like achieved and unlocked all the levels. Like it's okay to be in a situation where you as a Christian are uh, struggling because the message here is that 
uh, God will do the thing. He will bring resurrection, but there's a time of waiting. And this passage is to people that are waiting. This is a future promise. Now, it is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, but um, even now we are, as we always say, kind of in the already and not yet. And <clears throat> Jesus Christ himself says when he leaves at the ascension, like, there's more coming. So, anyways, yeah. all that to say is this, this, this gives you your people permission to talk about the fact that we are in a waiting season, that there are problems you can't fix on your own. God will and can and has in some way fixed them, but we're in the waiting season right now. Yeah, this uh, passage is important. It's contrasted with the previous chapter, Isaiah 34, and uh, where um, it is pure judgment. And then Isaiah 35 functions as a word of hope, and uh, and uh, a word of hope to people who, um, I mean, think about it. Literally at this moment, uh, Judah is being sacked by Babylon. And so this is a word of hope, a God, uh, God's word to people who are in the midst of a terrible situation that he's going to come and save them. And uh, this is the same thing. I mean, everybody in the season of Advent, or as what we call a commercial Christmas, they're in a place where they're struggling, especially right now. I mean, things are 20 times more expensive. No one can travel. Gas is through the roof. Uh, you're wondering how you're going to make it. Your people are wondering how they're going to make ends meet in a lot of ways. And the word that God has for his people uh, then and the word that he has for his people now is strengthen the weak hand and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those to a fearful heart, not, hey, quit being fearful, but be strong and do not fear. Why? Because here is your God and he will come with vengeance and with terrible recompense. And uh, he does that on the cross, which is terrifying. But your God will come and save you. And uh, the word in Advent from this particular passage is this particular moment, whatever you're going through, does not define you either. Rather, the God who saves you defines you ultimately. And you see, this word has the power to open people. These are very specific miracles right here. You notice nobody in Isaiah 35 is getting gold fillings or, uh, you know, um, you know, or, you know, anything else. Uh, what, what's happening here? The eyes of the blind shall be opened. Why? So that people can see the gospel. The ears of the deaf unstopped so people can hear the gospel. And the lame shall leap like a deer so they can get up and walk and proclaim the gospel with the tongue that's uh, of the speechless singing for joy. And it's that word that brings uh, cool and freshness into the midst of a, um, a terrible place. Um, and it is that preached word. And, and we see here finally in this conclusion, a highway shall be there. Where that word is preached, that's where the holy way is. And that holy way is Jesus Christ. And uh, nothing unclean shall travel. So, well, how's that possible with me? You know what I mean? Well, um, you have been made clean by this word. You have been uh, made holy by the one and the God who's come to save you and has ransomed you. And so you and I, no matter what our situation is, because of the gospel. And uh, in this particular moment, many of us may be mourning. But um, the truth is, is that uh, not temporary, but everlasting joy is upon your head because the King of glory has crowned you and has claimed you as his own. Um, I was wondering what you were going to say about gold fillings, uh, but now I get what you're saying, that none of the miracles, no dental repair, it's just uh, things that enable you to proclaim the, the gospel. That's right. It's all the all of these are tied in. The, the biblical miracles are for the sake of proclamation and the spread of the gospel. Um, you even take a look at that in the book of Acts, like all these people, they want to focus in on the miracles. The miracles simply confirm the preaching. 
Yeah. That's what they do. And uh, this is this is the point. These miracles are for the sake of the proclamation of this good news. You you look through all the prophets and we've talked about this I think a while back, but wherever there's a famine there's also typically a famine of the word, a famine of the to the faithfulness of the gospel. Mm. And um and uh, this, I mean, this is something we're experiencing in this country, you know what I mean? And all over the world, uh, a famine of the gospel, uh, because the gospel is either assumed and then ultimately denied, or it's not preached at all, or it's, con- it's confused with culture war living. I heard of a church recently uh, where the preacher said, uh, and this is someone who, who's now at St. Albans, and they had been in a church where the preacher said, if you don't leave here feeling worse than when you arrived, I haven't done my job. Uh, I know. I remember. <laughs> and th- I so remember to say that, like, there's a, yeah, there's, we're getting off track here, but there is a famine of the gospel. People, Christianity is mostly associated with judgment um, and criticism and not with love uh, and forgiveness. Or just more crap to do. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, good God. I mean, I'll just, I'll say it. I don't care who hears it. Like, I mean, I was at my (laughs) diocesan convention and it's just like exhausting. You know what I mean? I'm trying to make sure like my kids are okay. And, you know, and it's all about how all this stuff is my fault. And, you know, and man, I, I, I've, I come into this place battle beaten. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Church is tough. Your ministers need the gospel too. And we need to hear it. And it's like, it just, it gets all confused jumbled up with imperatives and uh, that is not there's nothing imperative there your god will come and save you is an indicative it's a declaration of what god will do and uh, that's what we need to be proclaiming in a post-covid world where just people are you know i mean just are having a tough time yep and that's why the book of james preaches a good word to you and me jake (laughs) yes and it's oh can i can i say can i say one thing really yeah you can further damage your career go ahead yeah i don't care i you know (laughs) i I lost running for standing committee so anyway but it's a (laughs) it's all right but yeah well thank you somebody but anyway the i was remember one time i was at a um at an ordination and uh, i was sitting across from the table from a, a person who was in this particular diet, a priest who has come to support, you know, was at the dinner before. And uh, anyway, we're all having dinner and we were talking about some text. I think it was like James or something uh, was coming up in the lectionary. And uh, anyway, you um, we were talking about what we were going to preach. And I was like, so what are you going to talk about? And he was like, I'm going to preach on James because I have a hard word for my people. Mm. And anyway, his wife, who is this like very mousy, kind of uh, very clearly pious woman, was like, remember, honey, it's not your word, it's the Lord's. <laughs> and all and the I remember I just was like, oh, cringe. And I was like, thank God I don't go to that church. But anyway. <laughs> As if more telling people what to do would succeed. It hasn't succeeded the last five million times, but this time it'll work. Finally. But remember, honey, it's not your word. It's the Lord's. So what's the word of the Lord for us from James chapter 5, Aaron? Well, and I just want to say, um, well, I just, I, I think that it's, it's in, the more you tell people what to do, the more they don't do it, and the smaller your church gets. <laughs> the more you proclaim that they don't have to do anything and they're forgiven, it seems that that is, a, and that they're loved, that seems to actually transform people. At least, I can say in my context, uh, there are a lot of people doing a lot of good things for the Lord here at St. Albans Wake Up, and not because I told them to, but... Um, <clears throat> 
Anyways, so James says, be patient, uh, Jacob Smith, until uh, the, the good things happen. So be patient where you are. And gives this beautiful picture, um, and uh, country bumpkin as you are, Jake, you probably do understand this, is the farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient until it receives the early and the late rains. So that means this kind of springtime rains and the fall rains, um, you got to wait. And there is this thing in, in, um, in the Christian life where there is often a long season where the seed is under the ground and you don't see anything above the surface. And um, uh, that is that's that's this is just so adventy like we it's the whole reason we don't jump straight to christmas like there is a waiting time mary was pregnant for 40 weeks before the birth of our lord jesus christ um israel had to wait so long before the messiah and even when jesus was born of course there was then another 30 years before he would begin his ministry it's amazing to think about the fact that jesus was on the planet for 30 years and didn't do anything like the savior god incarnate was here and and the earth was still spinning and all of its brutal violence and carnal uh, um, pastimes and um, suffering and all that and and yet Jesus was here so there is a time of waiting and there is a <laughs> there's a rather pointed word though here for you Jake beloved do not grumble against one another so um, I don't know you may have just sinned in your previous rant but well, thank, you know, thankfully but there's a wideness in God's mercy of course and it's found right here in the next uh, in the next uh period see so that you may not be judged see the judge is standing at the door and thank god for me that judge is jesus uh, <laughs> who is a, is an example of suffering and patience yep. for a jerkwad like myself <laughs> and uh you know and uh take the prophets who spoke in the name of the lord and uh you know i mean and they all point to this judge who has even john the baptist who has taken uh the winnowing fork upon him you know who has separated the wheat from the chaff himself and mm -hmm. um and so this is this is the thing, and really that becomes the word uh, by which uh, to know that the judge has been judged in our place, um, uh, that um, has the power to change my grumbling heart and my frustrated heart at the lack of the word being preached, um, uh, and uh, puts me on my knees and reminds me, but by the grace of God, go any of us. Amen, Jake. And you know I love you. Hey. I'm just giving you a just giving you a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to. Episode 220 of Pastoral The Healing Episode. The <laughs> Healing Episode. I wish our viewers could see the tears streaming down your face right now. It's really powerful. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, all right. Turn into Matthew 11, verses 2 through 11. This is a great follow-up from last week where we had John the yeah, Baptist sure baptizing is. people and telling them to get their act together. The axe was at the root of the tree. And yet, now the Messiah has come. Jesus is doing his work, and John knows it because they're cousins. They grew up at the same family reunions, and Jesus doing his ministry. John's now in jail because he said a he said a politically unwise thing about the ruler of um, of the the political world in those days, and so uh, yeah, Herod, not Herod the Great, but the other Herod, and. Uh, John sends, yeah, Herod, Herod Junior, uh, and also John, known as Junior, <laughs> Junior on the JRs. Uh, so John sends his uh, minions to go ask Jesus, "Are you the Messiah? Are you the right one?" Now this is an amazing thing because John baptized Jesus, saw the dove 
uh, come from heaven and heard the voice of God. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. John had all those experiences with his cousin, Yeshua, and now Yeshua is out doing his ministry. And John is like, maybe you're not the guy. Maybe we got it wrong. Maybe the signal was off or something, and um, we misunderstood because Jesus is not chopping down sinners. He is not burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. He seems to be hugging the chaff and like hanging out with the chaff and going out to get, going to Sonic with the chaff and getting the combo meal. So what is going on? And basically Jesus says, uh, you misunderstood kind of, I mean, you got some of it right, but you sort of miss the thing. So, and he quotes this, uh, this passage about the blind receive sight, the lame walk, um, the poor have good news brought to them. Like, this is what I'm here to do. I'm actually here to bring grace. I'm here to set people free. I'm here to forgive sinners. And I am doing the things that the Messiah does because I am the Messiah. Um, and now Jesus will be the judge that John predicted again, but he is going to be the judge who gets judged in our place. He puts himself, he comes down from the judge's bench and puts himself in the in the seat of the of the judged. So you that's know, it's what's interesting going on here. though. There's one particular aspect though that's missing of the Messiah's work, um, and that is that the prisoners will go free. Mm. And uh, and this is John's not going to go free. He's not going free, and you know what I mean. And and sometimes. Uh, uh, you know, to preach the gospel is not a get out of jail free card. Sometimes to preach the gospel in your church uh, may get you actually fired. Um, to preach the gospel in your, you know what I mean? And so, um, so there is a, but blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me, aka my ways are not your ways. And, um, and I think that that tends to happen. And I think John the Baptist is a beautiful example of all of us. You know, we have this expectation of how Jesus should work. We tend to see Jesus as a means to an end, as opposed yeah. to, you know what I mean? This was the means to like getting John to be like super prophet. See, I told you, you know what I mean? Uh, sometimes I see Jesus as a means to my end, like church growth or whatever it is. But uh, Jesus actually is um, your end. And so, uh, and uh, then he follows up with this very, very powerful, uh, like, almost critique to the crowd. What did you go out to the wilderness to look at? You know, what did you go out and see? Because there's people out there, uh, you know, uh, doubting Jesus as well. And uh, and he reminds people that G uh, John is the forerunner to the Messiah. John is the new Elijah. But he says something uh, very interesting about him. And so um, um, he says, truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Isn't that interesting? What do you think that's all about? And how, how, how can we preach Well, he's saying that uh, if you want to be under the system where you have to follow the law and obedience to the law is what gets you in, John the Baptist is the best one there's ever been. That's um, right. But in the kingdom of God, which is to say the kingdom of grace, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom where people are made sons and daughters um, inheritors of the of the great gift of God, the people that are in the kingdom of heaven are there because of grace. Um, and uh, yes. the prodigal sons and daughters, the prodigals of the world are welcomed back home, not because they've gotten their act together, but because of the grace of God. And, you, you know, John's righteousness is the greatest that a human being could achieve except it's still not enough, as indicated by this very passage, because he can't even see that Jesus is the Messiah, um, in, which, in a sense, is is a sin. Like, it, it's it's a not 
perceiving the ways of God. It's a blindness of his own heart and indicates some of his own spiritual state. And if that is the best that you can get in human terms, then it's not enough. And so we need somebody to give us a righteousness as a gift. So he's not saying the least of the kingdom of heaven is greater than these because some because a, a Christian person who's trying really hard is better than John the Baptist. What he's saying is the least in the kingdom of heaven, meaning like the most half-assed, backslidden, not going to church that often, sort of cussing occasionally, Christian person, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. Not because he has performed or she has performed better than John the Baptist, but because if you're in the kingdom of heaven, your righteousness is not your own. It's a gift given to you, meaning it's Jesus' righteousness and it's perfect, and therefore you are, in a sense, greater than John the Baptist. It's a radical, offensive thing to say. And um, if I were starting a religion, it wouldn't be this, because this I'd lose my lever of power to get people to get their act together. But this is what Jesus says, um, that if you're in the kingdom of heaven... You've already surpassed John the Baptist because your righteousness has been given to you as a gift as opposed to earned uh, based on your performance. That's what I would say about that, Jacob. And that's that, it's that kind of word that reminds me that I am ransomed mm-hmm. of the Lord and that someday, somehow, we're going to return and come to Zion with singing. And uh, it's that kind of word that reminds me that everlasting joy shall be upon our heads and that you and I shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sign at least maybe for about 30 seconds when mm. I'm taking communion. Amen. And so away. that's why we are in Advent in the waiting season, uh, the already and not yet, um, the Fugazi song, Waiting Room. Uh, incredible song. Uh, but that's where we are for Advent, Advent 3. Bro, I haven't heard Fugazi. Put that in, in your queue. Pull that up. Uh huh. Um, anything we want to announce? Uh, yeah, so up, last week Any, we'll, we uh, plugged, plugs and we'll plug like again. If you go to livingchurch.org, you can sign up for this incredible pilgrimage that they're offering uh, in 2023. The deadline is, what is it, December 15th, Jake? Um, but it's all the yeah. amazing places you would want to see. Uh, so do sign up, and you get all the information. You can see the full itinerary, the nice hotels where you'll stay. Um, but you'll you'll visit, you know, what's important is there's something really special about the Anglican way of being a Christian. Mm-hmm. It's a really wonderful way to follow uh, Christ. And if you want to, quote, kneel where prayer has been valid, uh, you'll go to really, I mean, gosh, it's like all the... It's like all the greatest hits, all the places you'd want to go. Um, Canterbury and mm. uh, um, uh, Our Lady of Blessing Yeah, everything. Norwich you Cathedral, whole, whole you'll, just, you'll see it. beautiful things. And the leaders are great. Yeah. Amber Noel and, then, um, and an English priest, so you'll get to hear people with an English accent talk all the time. Uh, but, you know, we're Little Gidding, T.S. Eliot's play, all these things. It's going to be really, really amazing. Uh, yeah, and then and then we also want to plug we also want to plug the Orlando conference, the Orlando Mockingbird conference, which will be Friday, January twentieth, uh, to Saturday, uh, January twenty first, um, and uh, that'll be at All Saints Episcopal Church in Winter Park, Florida. So it's amazing, especially if you live, you know, up in a snowy place. Why don't you go on down and take a few days to hit, uh, you know. Disney World and everything, and then um, join reality and go back to the Mockingbird Conference where the theme is the urgency of grace. There's going to be great speakers like Harrison Scott Key, um, uh, my personal favorite, Jane Anderson Grizzle. 
you'll hear Paul and Mary Zoll and uh, the the one and only Justin Holcomb. And um, the church is uh, is pastored by a, a wonderful man named Stu Shelby. He's okay. And uh, you just, um, I'm, yeah, I mean, solid C plus that <laughs> Stu Shelby. But uh, you will uh, be treated really well there. I've been there, and it's a wonderful, wonderful place under his, his leadership. It's a it's cool a historic church, but also Winter Park, Florida is a beautiful little town. I mean, it's like got this... Uh, thriving kind of village center at its heart, and you could walk around yeah. and see retirees in their natural habitat, and it's uh, mm-hmm. it's actually a really cool space. So, Winter Park, do mm-hmm. it. Florida. So, um, good. Well, with that being said, anything else for the good yeah, order? Yeah, give to your have? churches. It's the end of the year. Make sure you catch up on your pledge, and if you have a little extra to share around, <laughs> uh, most churches these days are still in that coming back from pandemic. It's a bit of a a bit of a stressful time so so as the lord has moved you or enabled you to to be generous to either mockingbird uh uh, or to your congregation or heck even both uh uh you know spread spread it around spread good Mm -hmm. cheer spread the love and uh yeah absolutely and encourage your preachers this time of year so it's um you know, it's a lot of things going on, and they're probably uh, probably really tired. Uh, you know, give them a high five and say, I appreciate your ministry. They you know what all preachers really love is pound cake or like a fruit cake, if you'd bring that. Mm, yeah, that's what I love, especially when they're like, I got you something really special. And then you're thinking it's an envelope of cash and it's pound cake. No, seriously, we do. We are working to gain weight. So please bring us those things. That's our that's our goals. All right, New Year, New Year's <laughs> Reverend. Guess what I got? New Year's for you. coming. I've got goals. <laughs> Thanks. Twenty pounds. So anyway, praise the, the Lord. It is. Right. It is. So we're gonna do it. We can do All it. Right. <laughs> si se puede. Okay. Until next time, where we'll hit Advent four, right on the heels of Christmas. It's Happy coming. Preaching. Make sure you've ordered your poinsettias, people, and uh, extra candles for the candlelight vigil. All right. Until next time. Mm-hmm. Bye. Amen. Somebody's looking, somebody cares Somebody wonders what you're doing today You know we crucified him, buried him But three days later, well, the stone got rolled away and yes, Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production, and remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.